This morning, we just wanna invite you to come and to worship the God who goes before us in our battles. Just wanna invite you to come and lay those battles at his feet. That could be your marriage that's struggling right now. That could be chemo treatments for a cancer that you're battling. That could be a relationship with a neighbor, with a coworker, with a family member that you're walking through right now. God says that he will go before us. He will fight for us. And we know that the victory is in him. So this morning, let's come together as a church, as a community, as the body of Christ. Let's fight these battles together with our praise and our worship.
desire for any darkness that is hidden in our hearts right now, God, that we would have the openness to invite you in, Lord, and bring light, Lord, to you to provide freedom for us. 
So Lord, let us be vulnerable with you this morning as you already know. But God, we confess to you whatever is in that darkness, God, whatever we're holding, God, that we would let you in. We would experience light. Lord, let your presence be known. As we study today what worship is defined as biblically, it reminds me of a church in the late 90s, a church that did a radical thing. The pastor felt that the church was completely apathetic in their worship and that they were consuming more than they were participating. So you know what he did? And this is crazy. This is a church of about 20,000 in the UK. He said, I want to turn off all the PA or turn off all the sound, all the microphones and take the band off the stage for a season. And in this season, I think God really wants to challenge us of what worship truly means because worship is a response. Are we responding as a church? And what are we bringing as our offering? So the worship pastor went home, went into his bedroom and started penning a song. And he brought it back to his pastor and he said, is this what you've been trying to teach us? Is this what you're trying to communicate? He made some adjustments so that it could be sung congregationally, never thinking that it would go all over the world. And it was awkward at first of walking into a Sunday morning in complete silence. No PA. But a room of 20,000. So as there's silence, all of a sudden the most beautiful sound starting to come. And it was people beginning to sing songs that had resonated with them for years. It was prayers that people had never prayed before. Prayers that were in their heart that began to be expressive out in the open and God started to move. That song is probably one that you're very familiar with because as the pastor felt that the church began to understand what participating in worship meant rather than consuming, they introduced this song. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I've simply come longing just to bring something that's worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you 
we confess if we've been running from you Lord if we are astray God I just ask that you would draw us near to you draw us near to you Lord God we confess if our heart for worship has gone astray Lord we just ask God that you would move move in us Lord move our hearts draw us close to you Lord Draw us close to you. Lord, I confess that I've been a criminal. I've stolen your breath and sang my own song. Lord, I confess that I'm far from innocent. 
shackles I wear I bought on my own Scarlet sins had a crimson cost You nailed my death to the cross An empty slate at the empty Thank God that stone was rolled.
Good morning, everybody. How are you guys? What's up? Um, so glad to be here. If you don't know me, I am Zach Lawler. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at this church we lovingly call Camarillo Community Church. Today is a very special day for me, um, not because of anything going on here, but because my little brother is driving down from Reno to see me. I'm so excited. Dougie is my favorite person in the world. Don't call him Dougie. He hates that, okay? But but I can call him Dougie, okay? And the, he was supposed to be here in the audience listening to my message, but he didn't get up in time. Super disappointed. Um, but when I say didn't get up in time, I mean he left Reno this morning at 3 a.m. trying to get here with enough time to visit me before they go to Disneyland. And I just want to ask, how many of you here would get up at 3 a.m. to come see me? Throw a hand up. Liars. Liars. Okay. All right. You're not. Come on now. No, but he did. And, and I love my little brother. And my little brother, I can just picture him getting like he has three kids, getting them in the car at 2.30 in the morning and waking his wife up at 2.30. Could you picture her face at 2.30 a.m.? That is the kind of look that can melt your face, right? That's the kind of look only husbands know, you know. But um, he's on his way down here. And I got to be honest with you, there is no person in the world prouder of me than my little brother. I can tell you that for sure. Why? Because my little brother knew the me before I was a pastor, okay? Like, he knows me as the big brother that would break into his bedroom and steal his Halloween candy out of his bottom drawer, right? Like, that was me, but he is so proud of me, and he's been watching all my sermons online on YouTube, and I can tell you, as far as pastors go, I am my brother's favorite, right? It's like Francis Chan, John MacArthur, Zach Lawler, okay? And, and I know Joel's like, don't you compare yourself to John MacArthur. All right, we'll, we'll get past that, okay? But uh, my brother is just so proud of me. And I got to be honest with you, we've lived our lives. We're not like normal brothers where you try to outcompete one another. We've always tried to build one another up. That's just the kind of the bros we are. And he's always bragging on me. For example, I went back to his hometown. He lives in a small town called Loyalton. Okay. And I went back to visit him and I met all of his redneck family. Okay. And they were like, hey, man, you're that preacher from the TV. And I'm like, TV? You mean, oh, YouTube? And they're like, yeah, man. Um, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm kind of famous. I got like tens and tens of views, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, never mind the fact that there's videos of dogs reviewing meatballs to get more views than me. We're just going to overlook that fact. But he's just so proud of me. And, and if I could be honest, like, I am so proud of my brother. If you hear me talk about my brother, you will hear me say a couple things. Like, my brother, to me, is this famous entrepreneur. He actually owns 75% of a town. Right. And some of you are like, dang, don't get too impressed. The town's about the size of the Target shopping center. OK, but he owns it. And in this town, he is hood famous. You guys, I went to go visit him. We went to the local store. We go to the local grocery store and everybody there knows Doug's name. And they're like, hey, Mr. Lawler, thanks for letting me live on your property. And I'm like, man, my brother is like the king of the hicks, yo. Like um, they might all be related and dating their second cousin, but he is the king of these people. And I remember I was driving back to his house that night, and, and I was speeding, you know. And Shannon's like, you better slow down. I'm like, what are they going to do, pull me over? Like, my brother's the king, you know. So I'm just blowing through stop signs, you know. It was a good time. Um, but nonetheless, I have no problem bragging on my little brother. And how many of you guys have heard me brag on my wife and kids up here on stage? Just throw your hands up. Yeah, you know, you know. I talk about my wife being the best wife in the world, you know, because she is, right? And I talk about my kids being studs because they're studs, you know. And I just brag on them because they're such a massive part of my life. But I can also tell you that my little brother is the best brother in the world. And I think that, you know, I think he would die for me. But if I could be real for you, church, none of them 
love me like the Lord loves me. Right? None of them love me like the Lord loves me. And this is crazy because my wife, she's been a faithful, amazing wife to me for 20 years. You know, and my kids, they're literally half of me. And I've known my brother since the day he was born. But I will tell you, none of them love me like the Lord loves me. Why? Because only one man went to the cross. Only one man took my sins upon his shoulders. And only one man was able to save me from everything I've ever done. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm too excited. We just started, right? So who should I be bragging on? That's the question. Who should I be bragging on and boasting in? And I heard this description of musical worship. That's what we're talking about today, musical worship. And I heard this description of worship is described as this. Worship is the idea of bragging on God. Worship is defined as the act of bragging on God. And some of you are like, I don't know if I like that word bragging, Zach. Like, right? I didn't even like it when you were bragging just now. So please don't connect it to my worship. But I want to just go into something Like when we brag about something, we are boasting about its greatness. We're boasting about it and glorifying this object above everything else. So when we worship God, we should be bragging on God. Jeremiah 9, Jeremiah 9, 23 says this. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let the one who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and rightnesses in this earth. For the things, these are the things I delight in, declares the Lord. So when we worship God musically, we are boasting about his greatness. We are boasting above his name, about anything above anything else. Or at least that's what we should be doing when we worship God. So today, we're going to talk about what we are going to do as a church as far as it pertains to musical worship. And there's always questions that come up when you talk about worshiping God. Like, is there a specific type of expression that God expects from the people in the audience? Is there a right way or a wrong way to express myself in musical worship? And am I wrong if I am too expressive or not expressive enough? And how about this one? Can I, can I be so worshipful that I'm actually like a distraction? So we're going to go to the Bible and we're going to look at this. What does the Bible say about expression in worship? That's our question today. What does the Bible say about expression in worship? And as I was studying this topic, I got to be honest with you guys, my heart was just like really like torn to pieces this last week as I was studying the idea of worshiping God through music. It really had to call myself out. So with that in mind, will you guys please pray with me before we start? Because I just want to kind of get our hearts ready. Lord Jesus, God, let our minds be open to your word. If you need to change us, change us, God. If we need to be moved, move us, God. Keep our ears and our hearts open to your word. Let us worship you as we hear your word today, God. And may we do everything we do for your glory, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, back to that question. What does the Bible say um, about expression and worship. The first point is this. We are called to worship God with joy and passion. We are called to worship God with joy and passion. So let's go to Psalm 95, where we're going to get our answer to that question. Psalm 95, let's start in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, pull them out. Let's do this. Verse 1, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. 
Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise, explanation mark. Don't forget that. For the Lord is a great God, and he is a great king above all gods, and his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. And this is this beautiful uh, psalm from King David. And one commentary explains this is David's how in worship. David is giving us the how worship can look, right? And the only word that's written in the imperative form in this, in this um, psalm is the word come. We see this, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. And then at the end of the passage, we'll see, O come, let us worship and bow down. Each time we see this word, O come, it is a call to show up to worship. It is a call to be present in the worship of God. That means that we need to show up to corporate worship of God. And David goes into these descriptions of how he wants God's people to worship God. He says, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. And King David is inviting God's people to show up and sing with passion. I want you guys to hear this word, joyful noise. I want you guys to think of a shout. I want you guys to think of intensity. I want you to think of worship that is full of spirit. It is boisterous. John Piper said this in one of his videos on worship. He said, worship is to give your whole heart to God, not just your words. Worship is to give your whole heart to God, not just your words. And that is what God wanted from his people, the Jews. And there's a ton of Psalms. You guys get this, right? Like there's a bunch of them, right? And so I thought, you know, what if this is the only Psalm where David calls us to be like boisterous and expressive in our worship? So here's what I did. I broke into Kelly Reed's office, okay? And I stole some notes off of his desk. His worship team has been talking about these seven Hebrew words found in the Psalms of praise. And the first word is this. It is halal. It is found in Psalms 149.3. Is it a call? It's a call to shine, to boast, to rave, to be clamorously foolish. Did you catch that? To jump, to dance, and sing to the Lord. The next word is hada. It is a call to raise your hands and extend your hands in worship of God. The next word is shabak. It's another word found in Psalms 47, meaning to shout in a loud tone, to shout out in praise. Barak, found in Psalm 95 in our text today, is a call to fall on your knees in adoration of the Lord. The word zamar means to play or pluck an instrument and again to sing praise and worship with a joyful expression. And the last word is talaha. It is derived from the word halal, meaning to sing loudly with musical praise or to sing a new song to the Lord. And if you guys are wondering, dang, did Zach practice all those Hebrew words for us. I did in front of the mirror. You're welcome. Okay. It's because I love you. It took a while. All right. Tired. But the truth remains the same. From what we can see in the Bible, the act of musical expression is almost always like loud, boisterous, expressive. But I had to ask myself a question as a man. Zach, is that what you see in yourself when you worship God? Is that what you see in yourself when you're worshiping the Lord? And if I could be honest with you guys as your pastor, I often find myself being less than passionate in my worship of God. 
However, it usually goes unnoticed because if I could be real, there's usually plenty of men standing around me motionless during worship of God. But here this church, nowhere in the Bible is musical worship described as someone standing motionless as a spectator. Nowhere in the Bible is worship described as someone standing by as a spectator, as if they're observing something. It's always an interaction between the worshiper and the one who needs to be worshipped. I want to let you guys know, if anyone tries to tell you that worship cannot be like this loud expression, if they tell you to calm down and be quiet, just know that that position cannot be backed up with anything in the Bible. This is not an idea that is backed up by the Bible. In fact, there is far more in the Bible that says we should be the opposite, that we should be expressive, loud, and passionate. However, that begs the question, is this the only way to worship God, right? Is this the only way to worship him musically? Well, no. The second point we're going to see is we are called to worship God in reverence. Verses 6 through 7. We are called to worship God in reverence. Let's go back to the word in verse 6, Psalm 95, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are his people, and the pastor that's so beautiful, and the sheep of his hand. And I can just picture God's people all being protected. And this is a description of just being reverent. Being quiet, being meditative, being reflective, being like contemplative. And it's the idea of like prostrating ourselves before the Lord and bowing down before God in worship. And the idea is is to show great respect for the Lord in our worship. And you guys might be thinking like, what the heck is going on, Zach? You just spent 10 minutes yelling at us about raising our hands, about being expressive, about dancing around. And now you're like, but be reverent. So, so which is it, right? Do, do we sing loud or soft? Do we jump around and dance or do we hit our knees, right? Do we raise our hands? Do we put them down? Are we soft? Are we quiet? Which one is it? Here's the answer. Yes. Both and all of the above. Sing, dance, move, raise your hands, sing loud, sing softly, hit your knees, reflect to the Lord, be reverent, be passionate. But church, here's the big point. Do not just be a spectator during worship of a holy God. Show up. Show up to worship. And I know what you're thinking, well, Zach, is there a line? Like, is there like a line where you cross from being passionate to just being distracting, right? Is there a line where you come from being like a worshiper to the one that is trying to gain attention? And I'm going to tell you, I'm glad you asked that question. Okay, yes. There is a point where you can cross a line. And I tell you, the the point when you cross a line is whenever the worshiper tries to bring attention away from the one that should be worshipped to themselves. Whenever you take praise and worship off of the king and you try to draw attention to yourselves. And you might be thinking, well, Zach, what does that look like? Man, you guys are full of good questions, okay? Let me tell you, all right? I was talking to my junior high pastor, uh, not my junior high pastor, our junior high pastor. His name's Jacob Solis, right? And Jacob was telling me he was at this men's conference, and there was this amazing worship going on, and it was fantastic. And there's just a room full of men, hands raised, singing loudly to the Lord. He said it was amazing. But then all of a sudden, this guy comes running from the back, holding like a 20-foot flag, runs to the front and just starts running back and forth around the stage. And Jacob said at that moment, everybody's attention was taken off of God and put on that man running back and forth. And I can tell you, we're not going to do that here. Okay? Like if you do that, Kenny's going to tackle you. Okay? And he's a big guy. You're going to the emergency room. All right? So don't do that. 
And, and I think that's the idea. Anything that would take the eyes of the people off of the one that should be worshipped. And this is the point. At our church, at this church, our worship will be focused and centered on God. Our praise and worship will be centered on the Lord Jesus Christ, not the people on stage or the people in the audience, but on the one who deserves our praise and worship and adoration. This brings us to our big idea. I know it's kind of early for that, but it's coming in the middle. It's not about how we worship. It's about who and why. It's not about how we worship. It's about who and why. Now, there's something amazing about Psalm 95. It's broken up really well for us. If you guys can pull it up on the screen, I color-coded it for you, okay? But the first part tells us what we do in worship. Verse 3 and 4 says it's because of who he um, is. I'm sorry, verse 4 and 5 say it's because he created all we see. Verse 6, next slide, please. Verse 6 says it's because he created all us. In verse 7, it says, because he is our God. Now, this is a wonderful breakdown for God's people to see that God was worthy of their praise. And the people of the Old Testament, they had plenty of reason to praise God, if you guys can understand, right? Like, he was the God that created them, and he was the God that formed them in their mother's womb, and he was the God that brought them out of captivity. He was the God that parted the Red Sea, right? He was the God that led them into the wilderness. He was the God that fed the manna from raining down from heaven. I still have no idea what that looked like, right? Was it, was it communion wafers? I don't know, right? But he fed them in the wilderness, and they had tons of reason to praise and worship God. But I had this thought, guys, don't we as Christians have even more so? Don't we have even more so of a reason to praise and worship God? You guys want to hear our why as believers? You guys ready for our why? Philippians 2, verse 5. This is our why. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by coming the obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's our why, church. And if that doesn't get an amen, I don't know what does, right? That is our why. Why do we worship God? Because he created us, because he formed us, because he made us. But not just that, because he set us free because we are forgiven, because we are blameless, because we are righteous, because we are made whole through the power of his blood. That is why we worship God at this church. And I had to ask myself, again, Zach, if you're free to worship and you're free to be passionate, why are you so often motionless in your worship? And I can only speak for myself, church. I think there's two reasons. Number one, I'm often concerned about what people might think around me when I'm worshiping God. Can anybody here relate to that? Like, I'm just concerned about what they're going to think, you know? Like, I was raised as a man not to be, like, a singer or a dancer, right? We weren't raised to be expressive. In my home, we were raised to be tough, hard, emotionless, and calculated. Like, that's how I was raised. 
So singing and dancing, it's not in my DNA, you guys, right? Like the only kind of dancing I learned in high school, you can't do at church, okay? You can't do it at school dances either. I got kicked out, all right? But that's all I know. So I often want to be more expressive in my worship of God, but I'm kind of worried about what others are going to think. But I found this on our Facebook page. Our church has this amazing Facebook page. And this was actually a quote from Ralph from back in the day. It was a quite an older quote. And it was from 2 Samuel 6.21. And in this passage, David's being called out by the daughter of, of um, Saul, and she is calling him out for being unfitting of a king in the way he danced and worshipped in his, in his like tunic. And, and he said this, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father in his family and who appointed me the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I am willing to act like a fool in order to show my joy in the Lord. And my question is this, men, are we willing to look like a fool for Jesus? Are we willing to look a little silly for the one who set us free? And my second reason for not worshiping is this. Sometimes we sing songs that I just don't like. I didn't mean to be funny, but... Like sometimes I'm like, like right, if, I, if, it's a, if it's a song I like, if the guitar is loud, if the lights are low, if there's tons of bass, if the bass is moving my insides, I like that, right? And then like you'll see my hands shoot up and you'll see me just shouting to the Lord. But if a quiet song comes on with an acoustic guitar, you're going to see Zach put his hand down. And I get quiet. Why? Because it's a song that I don't really enjoy, but I had to ask myself, Zach, is the song about you? Is it about your preferences? Or is it about the one who did it all for you? And we come back to that big idea. It's not about how, it's about who and why. So I had this student recently, she came to me, and she said, Zach, um, I went to this non-Christian concert. It was like a reggae rap concert. And I was like, man, I would never go to that concert, not because I'm a believer, but because reggae is terrible, you know? And, and she's at this concert, and she said every single person in attendance had their hands up in worship, like, of this guy. And she said, like, they were all dancing and moving and singing loudly, and, like, everybody in the room, thousands of people are just getting it for the singer, right? And, I, and she goes, man, why do I come to church? And I come to the room, and it's a room full of believers, and I see so many standing there. And I had to be honest, I could just picture myself being one of the people she was talking about. But understand that she said, it's just a stupid concert. The man deserves no praise. He's done nothing for nobody or anybody. But yet we're a church full of believers who have all the reason to express joy, all the reason to express love, and all the freedom to do so. So why are we just standing there? You know, church, this sermon really made me rethink how I've been worshiping. So I want to come back to that point. We are called to worship God with joy and passion, and we are called to worship God with reverence. You know, guys, I realize what's been getting in the way of worship most overall is just me. What's been getting in the way of my worship church is me. For some reason, I've made it all about me, my preferences my song selection, right? It's like Kelly gets up on Monday morning and goes, can we pick some songs Zach's really going to like? Can we do that? What, if, what about this? What if the songs were written and selected to bring God's people to the worship of a holy Lord? What if it has nothing to do with me? So you guys, I realized something. 
Our worship is designed to bring glory to a God who deserves it. And I had to think about something, you guys. There's a couple audiences while we're worshiping. And I just want to be clear, guys, while we're worshiping as believers, like we shouldn't be watching one another. You get it? It's not our job to, to judge the hearts of other people in the room. Some people are expressive and some people aren't. Like it's not our job to judge one another. But there's a couple audience in the room. And I was thinking about this. In this room, every time I worship are my two sons. Like, and I've been telling my sons their whole life that Jesus is the God that I would die for, right? That I would live for, that I do everything for, but yet they're watching me during worship. And what am I expressing about this king that I said I would give everything for? Am I willing to look like a fool for this God in front of my sons? And then in this room, Lord willing, there's non-believers, right? I hope that you're here and they're here and they're going, man, these people say they love Jesus more than anything. Are we showing them that we do? And then lastly, there's an audience member that we must never forget. Who are we leaving out? Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth on anything they ask, it'll be done for them by the Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I will be among them. Guys, when we are worshiping God, Jesus is in this room with us. He is our spectator. He is the one viewing and judging our hearts. And I had to ask Zach if God is here washing you, if he's here in the room with you, how could you not be moved for this man, Jesus Christ? Remember, Zach, that you are a terrible sinner. Remember that you were separated from God, that you hated him, and yet he loved you. Remember, Zach, that he went to the cross, and on that cross he thought of you. Remember, Zach, that he set you free. Remember, he's the one that you love. Zach, are you willing to look like a fool for Jesus Christ? So we're going to invite the worship team back up on the stage, you guys. And I know we don't do this very often, but we're going to do like this worship sandwich thing. And, and I'm going to ask them to come up here and do a, well, they're going to do a couple more songs. I don't have the authority to ask them to. <laughs> right? And they're going to come up here and do a couple more songs. And we're going to worship God. But I thought about this, you guys. I had this, I just had this vision, like what if every believer in here just let go of themselves for just five minutes? What if every believer in here made this about the creator? Like what would we hear and what would we see? Church, I have this to say, guys, if you want to raise your hands, raise your hands. If you want to leave them at your side, leave them at your side. If you want to dance, dance. If you want to hit your knees for the Lord, hit your knees for the Lord. If you want to be loud, be loud. If you want to be quiet, be quiet. But church, let's be moved for this guy, Jesus Christ. Let's move for the one who gave it all for us, for the one who gave it all for you, guys. Let's worship a wonderful creator because he deserved it, because he earned it, because he is good all the time. So will you guys stand and pray with me? God, I'm, I'm sorry for the thing that I've made worship sometime. God, I'm sorry that in some ways I've taken what was meant to be all about you made it about me. God, how could we ever be more boisterous at a concert than we are in worship of the Lord? Let that never be said of your people, God. Your name alone is holy. The name Jesus 
is the only name that we praise. There are no other gods. There is no other path. There is no other Savior God, so we lift you up in this place. Let us get over ourselves, God. Let us only focus on you, not each other, not anybody else in this room. God, it's going to be dark, so they can't see us, God, but you can see us. And it's going to be loud, God, so they can't hear you, but Jesus, you can hear us. Let us praise you in this room. Let us give it to the one who's earned it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That was a challenge. <laughs> um, we're going to be singing two more songs in just a minute, but before we do, I just felt called to create an opportunity for all of us to come to the front, and you guys can, if you feel led, um, walk right up here and go ahead and fill in the spaces up here in front of the stage, or if there's um, no room, you can fill in the aisles. Um, even if you're in the balcony, we invite you to come down. Um, if you're in the back, come up here. Um, and you know maybe you were challenged by something that Pastor Zach shared this morning um, we want to create that opportunity for you guys to be able to go a little step beyond um, today and um, one of the, the Hebrew words that he mentioned Yada, the lifting of your arms um, outstretched hands in worship that was something that I personally struggled with and I know that you know it took me a while to get over my mental blocks of you know not worrying about what people would say or you know would think um, is it genuine is it authentic um, and I started to think if if I love the Lord with every fiber of my being in my heart my soul my mind um, are filled with his love and gratefulness and and there's this outpour of love for him and for all that he has done, why would I stifle that physical continuation of worship? So I challenged myself to, every time, just do a little bit more. One day might have been just raising my arms a little bit, the next time a little bit higher, until I just felt comfortable enough to, to do it freely. And maybe that's you today, maybe that looks a little bit different for you. Um, Maybe it looks like just taking your hands out of your pockets. <laughs> um, whatever that may look like for you, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do, I encourage you this morning to just worship him unhindered and freely and just allow that outpour of love come from your heart, from your mind, from your soul, but also from your physical being. So if you would like to start making your way down, if you feel led, this is not an obligation. But um, let's go ahead and do that. And everything we do, let's do for the honor and glory of the Lord.
Jesus. Thank Jesus. very special. Uh, as you guys make your seats, uh, man, I just think a public uh, thank you is appropriate. I just appreciate the whole team today. I appreciate what Kelly said today. Um, I appreciate Ellie. Ellie, thank you for stepping out and saying what you said today. And Zach, what a, what a move of God in the room right now. And um, 
Church, we need to be praying for that situation. It's just very clear to me that, you know, um, we may have a future lead pastor on our hands somewhere, somehow. We need to be praying on, on how God will open the doors in your heart and your family's heart and all that, whether it's church planting or taking on a, another church. I have a dream of raising up about 10 lead pastors. Did you know that uh, lead pastor, pastors in America, it's a dying breed. Did you know that? 66% of pastors retired through COVID. Did you hear about this? They call it the great resignation. Um, we need men who'll step up and say, I'll represent the word of God. And I'll take all the negativity along the way and the emails. You guys never send emails, but I'll take all that just to represent the Lord. Thank you for what you did today, Zach. It was special. And uh, we know it's God's hand on your life. Most importantly today, Zach talked a lot about, um, you know, we believe in the Savior who would die on the cross for our sin. Um, that you could stand before God one day when you pass away and with full confidence be able to know that you get to participate in heaven rather than be held accountable for the sins of your life. We get that through Jesus Christ, placing our faith in him, his death, his burial, his resurrection. God, very God, man, very man, dying for your sin. And I don't know if you're watching today and that's the first time you've heard that, or maybe it just connected on a new level today. But you just take that first step of faith, profess faith in Christ, and then let God take the rest. Uh, we want you to leave with that confidence of knowing that you'll be in heaven when this world is over. And so you do that today if that's where you're at. And if you did do that, you can let us know. Um, certainly, please let us know. We'd love to be able to, to help you on your journey. We have a Bible for you. We'd love to answer any questions. And so when you leave today, there's people on the left-hand side. So certainly, please participate in that. Um, I have a ton of things to talk about at the same time before we get to our, our, um, our offering time. It's kind of hard to do that with all this music behind, sorry. It's like, it's, it's awesome, but I don't know that, you know, it lends to the mode. Anyway, uh, um, hey, the next four weeks are so pivotal and so important for our church life. If you would just um, do me a favor and make sure that you're here the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about the Welcome Project, and it's so pivotal to the life of our church and where we're headed and where we think God's doing, and it's exciting and fun. If you would just devote to being here so I could explain it, show you pictures of what we're trying to do, the vision of the future, why we think it's so important, would you be here just to, to hear that? Uh, if you are part of the leadership of our church, or maybe you went to a vision meeting and you want to be a part of that early gifts kind of um, um, whole effort, that's next week. So October 30th, if you want to be part of the early gifts process to encourage our church that we can do this, please um, come next week ready to give that gift so we can add it up together and then let the church know where we're at as, a, as it relates to our goal. And please come, even if you're skeptical, come and at least hear about it. And, uh, and let's see what God will do uh, in our midst. I want to thank you all for giving and, and being so um, responsive to our church. You might have noticed this morning that in the parking lot, there's like some spot places that we've been doing some repaving in our parking lot. Uh, and I don't want you to think that we're just kind of, you know, doing little spots. That's going to cure for about a month. And then at the end of the month, we will reseal the entire parking lot. But for lack of a better idea, it needs to dry first, and then we will reseal the entire parking lot. But thank you guys for, for giving because it enables us to do things like that. And thank you, Kenny, for being so responsible with the budget and making sure that we, you know, keep capital improvements uh, in the budget and in mind. And so 
because of your gifts we had, I don't know how many kids this weekend playing a Nerf war. You know, we had it for junior high, we had it for fourth and fifth, all because of how you guys, you know, people don't know this sometimes, but we don't get like a public dollar, you know. Uh, we get nothing from the government. It's all from volunteers who say, you know what, I want to support the activities of this church. So thank you for being involved in that with us. And so um, with that, let me pray over um, the offering that God will use it to continue to multiply um, his kingdom. Father, we do thank you. Man, I'm so thankful for everybody on the team. I was able to go with my son and be a part of the men's retreat this weekend and I have to worry about anything this weekend. And then to come here and experience this is just a beautiful morning. I thank you so much for everybody involved. I thank you for this church who has been so sacrificial. I, I've witnessed it. Um, there isn't a thing that we can't put forward to help our community that our church won't jump on and, and double down and give towards. And, and now we're going to go for, you know, um, wanting to beautify your house. And we're going to go towards a, a realm of saying, you know, we want to give you our best. And, and uh, in the Old Testament, your temple was full of gold. And I'm not saying that we're trying to global gold plate everything around here, but we want to give you our best. And we're hoping that you'll use it to multiply the number of people in the room. We're hoping that you use it to, to, to bring salvation to folks and families, spare marriages and, 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 and have mothers and fathers redeemed so when they raise their kids, we don't pass on the traumas that were given to us, all those things. And so I thank you for everybody here. I thank you for the commitment to our church. I thank you for the gifts that come. And in the end, we just want you to get glory. That's what Zach was talking about today. We want to worship you because you deserve all the glory. And so help us uh, to conquer those places in our heart where we need to give over to you and say, you know what? All of it's yours. I want to see you continue to move in this place, in our families, in our city, in our state, in our country. We pray you use us in that effort. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Cam CC. Would you please stand with me for the send-off? If you guys don't already know me, I'm Abby Lumberg, and I'm a part of the hospitality ministry and the high school. I just want to welcome you, and I think Zach did a great job with his message. I think it was a super good reminder that we, when we worship through song, we're worshiping our God. We are not putting on a show for people. We are not doing what others are doing around us, but it's for our Lord. Um, if you are new to this church, if you're a first, second, or third time guest, we would love to get to know you. So go to the welcome desk up there. And if you are new with us online, please go to campcc.net forward slash next steps. And uh, there's a welcome card on there that you can fill out so we can get to know you. So that's it for today. So join us on the patios for donuts and coffee, and we'll see you next Sunday.